This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show is your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guests I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, or at the movies, whether political, social, economic, or whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Hey, wait a minute. What's the name of your church? Real life Christian church. Real life. Get real with another edition of Think About It. Real life messages from Pastor Dennis Rasper from Real Life Christian Church. And now, let's listen to the message from Pastor Rasper. Proverbs 23.8 says, As a man thinks, so he is. You are what you think. And if you let what somebody said or somebody did or didn't do roll around in your mind, and you keep replaying this over and over and over again in your mind, you're going to mess up your life. You know that? You're going to mess up your life. You will put yourself in a prison of your own making. And what we need to do is we need to learn not to think about what people said or didn't say or what they did or didn't do to hurt us. And we have to let go of that stuff, and we need to forgive people. That's why I call this message, Don't Hold On. And it's about forgiving people. And so we want to look at the Word of God today, and I'm looking at Matthew chapter 18. And in Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 15, the Lord Jesus teaches his disciples this. If your brother, that's another Christian, that's a Christian person, sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. And so Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, now what does that make it? That's a sin against you. That's very personal, isn't it? It's something personal. You have been sinned against, and then Jesus tells how to handle this. He says, the first step in reconciliation is you go to him alone. Now Simon Peter, his disciple, is kind of thinking about this. And jump down to verse 21, then Peter came, this is Matthew 18, then Peter came to Jesus and asked him, he said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. And Peter thought he was a real big deal here because, see, in Jewish thinking, seven was the number of completeness. It was the quote-unquote perfect number, a number of completeness. And so Peter was thinking, well, if I forgive this person seven times, I fulfilled my obligation. My obligation is complete. And so if you sin against me the eighth time, look out. And Jesus answered, he said, in verse 22, he says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Or if you look in your margin, it'll say 70 times 7 or 490 times. And the deal is this, that you just keep forgiving. You just keep forgiving. You quit keeping records. And this thing about keeping records is a biggie, too. You have to forgive and forget. And I just want to show you how consistent scripture is because you don't keep records you forgive and you forget and i'm looking at first corinthians 13 verse 5 where the body jesus christ is talking about love he says true love is not rude it's not self-seeking it is not easily angered and look at this it keeps no record of wrongs see if you ever say we've talked about this a hundred times you you just did this again and you did you did this before and before and before that i mean what are you doing folks you are keeping a record of wrongs 
And the Apostle Paul says, that's not love. So don't say, so don't say I love you in one breath, and in the next breath say, um, you keep doing this over and over and over again, will you never learn, because that's not love. And I didn't write that. God the Holy Spirit wrote that through the Apostle Paul. And so 70 times 7, or infinitely, that's how you forgive. But there's a lot more to forgiveness than that, because in, John, in Matthew 18, let's go back to that, Jesus Christ tells a parable. Now understand this is a parable. Christ is telling us a story. Sometimes in parables, Jesus exaggerates to make a point, okay? In verse 23, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like, and so right away you know he's talking about the kingdom of heaven or heaven-bound saints. He's talking to people who are believers and they're heaven-bound. So he says in verse 23, Matthew 18, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents, an enormous debt, was brought to him. And since he was not able to pay... The master ordered, now listen to this, the master ordered that he and his wife, his children, and all that he had be sold into slavery to repay the debt. And the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. He begged, and I will pay back everything. And the servant's master took pity on him and canceled. I mean, he canceled the entire debt and let him go, see? That's what kingdom saints of God do, man. When people come to you and ask for your forgiveness, you have pity on them, your heart is touched, you forgive them. And if you look at the footnote, 10,000 talents is just an enormous debt. It's an out-of-sight debt. And the master who in this parable represents God the Father canceled the whole debt and let him go. Now look what happens next. Look what happens next. Verse 26. But when that servant, who'd just been forgiven this whole debt, went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is a very small debt, by comparison. And he grabbed him and he began to choke him. And he said, pay back what you owe, he demanded. I mean, he began to choke him. So this, this, so, so, so this guy has a this guy who just been forgiven this enormous debt has um, has a fellow servant who owed him a small amount and he had him thrown into debtor's prison and you stayed in desert debtor's prison until family or friends could pay off the debt or somebody could pay off the debt and if nobody took the initiative to pay off the debt I mean you'd be in, in, in debtor's prison the rest of your life and Jesus also said that, that this man begged he begged this servant who had been forgiven that huge debt in other words this man had no compassion he had no patience. Now look at verse 31. Verse 31 is very, very important. When the other servants saw what happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went about and told their master everything that had happened. The big deal there is um, other people. Other people notice our unforgiveness. I mean, you, you, you can't hide your unforgiveness because you keep bringing it up in conversation. Well, he hurt me. Or he or she did that, or he or he, she said that. And if they wouldn't have said that, this wouldn't have happened. And, and I'm not the same person. I used to be happy until he or she did this or said this about me or something like that, see? And that broken record goes on and on and on. I mean, you just can't hide your unforgiveness. I mean, some people get bitter, and people want to avoid you when you keep talking about it. And some people get bitter, and that's a really nasty word when they don't forgive. Now look at verse 32. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just, about, just as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. That is the key verse. Look at this. Verse 33. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? 
In his anger, he turned him over to the jailer to be tortured. Now, I said this was a parable, a parable of Jesus. He's telling a story. I tell my grandkids stories when they stay over at night, when they sleep over at night. And I exaggerate. I exaggerate the details to make it interesting and to make a point. And that's what Jesus Christ is doing here. He's not saying that if you refuse to forgive somebody, you're going to lose your salvation or spend eternity in hell being tortured. That's not what he's saying. The only thing that that, that, that sends a person to hell is rejection of Jesus Christ as Savior. What Jesus is teaching, he's teaching all who read this, is that unforgiveness is a sin. Unforgiveness is a sin. That, that's what he's saying. He, he's saying it builds a wall between us and God, and we have to get rid of that wall and forgive from the heart. That's verse 35. This is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Forgiveness begins in the heart. And so the master in this parable is God our Father. The forgiven sinner who refused to forgive another servant is us. And the huge debt is our sin. And the Father is a forgiving Father. Now you got to get this, man. This, this is so crucial. Because you all have people in your life. Well, I'm not going to say all of you. But I bet a lot of you people have people in your life that you really need to forgive. Our Father, you got to remember this, our Father is a forgiving Father, and our debt of sin is astronomical. Our motive to forgive others comes from the Father forgiving us. Back to verse 33. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? See, Well, this illustrates something, that we take our sin lightly. A guy told me, and this was a while ago, how he had um, told his wife a lie. He said, I'm working late, and he really stopped at Huntington Ford to look at a, a new truck, an F-150. So he said to his wife, I'm working late because she really wanted new furniture and she needed some dental work done and they didn't have dental insurance. And so he told that what we would call a little white lie. And that's not a big deal, is it? And then I look at the book of James in James chapter 2. And this is verse 10. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at one point... Even a little white lie, now get this, is guilty of breaking it all and brings the judgment and wrath of God down on us. See, sin creates a debt, a huge, enormous, monumental debt. I cannot possibly understand the tremendous debt I owe the Father because of one sin after another. It's incalculable. And then you got to understand this, God is a just God. He can't ignore our sin or he wouldn't be just. I hope you people understand that. Do you understand that? That God can't ignore your sin. He can't look the other way. So many people say, well, if God loves me so much, why don't he just look the other way? God, he wouldn't be a just God then. And if he's not just, he wouldn't be God. I hope that makes sense. Because you'd get upset if some liberal judge let a serial killer off at a technicality. The police officer didn't use the right words when he read him his rights. So he's free. 50 people dead. And the guy goes free. Because he didn't use the exact terminology when he read the guy's rights. Or maybe the, maybe the investigating officer eavesdropped on a phone call. Fifty people dead. He slit their throats. Blood all over the place. Cut them up in pieces. But Officer Jones got his information through eavesdropping on a phone call. And so the judge says, this guy goes free. Yeah, you, 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 you would say that, that that's wrong. I mean, that, that isn't justice. Those crimes deserve death. And you're right. But so do ours. That's the whole point, folks. So do ours. Our crimes deserve death. Now, here's the big deal. God doesn't kill us. He killed his son. That's the big deal. Don't kill me. He killed Jesus. Now look at verse 6 of Isaiah 53, man. These words are music to my ears. I mean, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us, is too, each, each of us has turned to his own way. 
And the Lord, Isaiah 53, 6, has laid on him, on him, on him, not on us, the iniquity of us all. Price paid. Justice has been done. In the justice system, nobody can be tried twice for the same crime. That would be unjust. It's double jeopardy. Jesus Christ was punished for that huge debt of our sins. And now listen, when you sin and you plead the Father's mercy and forgiveness, folks, is pure mercy. Our God is a merciful God. You tell, you, you, you tell Islamic people uh, who, 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 that they're scared of Allah. Our God is a merciful God. Merciful. It's Matthew 18, 26. The servant fell on his knees before him, like you and me should. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay back everything. And the servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. That's us. See, Christ took our punishment. So come to the Father through the Son in faith, trusting him for salvation. Your sins are forgiven, man. I remember a lady who'd been a believer for about three years, and I remember her crying. This is quite a while ago, but I, I remember her crying because before she came to faith, she had had an abortion. And she could not forgive herself. And even though she was a believer, she couldn't believe that God could forgive the likes of her after she did something like that. You know, I think about stuff like that, and I think about Acts chapter, Acts chapter 8. Let's see, what is it? Acts chapter 8, verse 1, where the Word of God says, Saul, who became the Apostle Paul, was, was and I quote, breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, Acts 8, 1. Now this same Paul, or this same Saul who became Paul. Listen to these beautiful words in 1 Timothy 15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world. Now listen, if you can't forgive yourself. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. The Holy Spirit inspired that. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, here it comes again, the worst of sinners, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience. See, God forgave Paul, the worst, the worst, the worst of sinners, and God will forgive you any sin. You confess it. It's wiped clean. You go on with your life. You're a forgiven sinner because of the Father's love and mercy and Christ's sacrifice. Folks, that is the greatest news you're ever going to hear. I mean, you, you don't know how this lights my fire just to think like this, to think my sins, which are so heinous before God, are forgiven. Now listen to Micah 7.18. We sing this as a praise song. Micah 7.18 reads like this. Who is a God like you? Well, what makes him such a great God? Look at who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of his people. Look at this. You don't stay angry forever. Folks, folks, internalize this. Take this home. But you delight in showing mercy. You will tread our sins underfoot. Listen now and hurl. This is so good. And hurl all our iniquities into the depths of of the sea. It's as if God ties a big rock around your sin. He lumps them all together. Every sin you ever sin ties a big rock around them and throws them into the deepest part of the sea and they go to the bottom never to rise up again. That's what God does for you and me. He can forgive any sin. All you have to do is come to him through Christ. So who's here this morning who has not yet placed their faith in Jesus Christ because you think you're too crummy? And you say to yourself, after the life I've lived, how can God ever forgive the likes of me, you know? You confess those sins. And you just say to God the Father, you just say, I understand from the Bible that your son already paid for my sins. I understand from the Bible that justice has already been done. And I want that, Father. I want to be clean. 
I want to be yours. Forgive me and make me your own forever. You can do that right here, right now, today. And you can have heaven and the Father and the Son and the Spirit and all the believers ever to live in holy, perfect, joy and fellowship forever. You can do that. You can have that. You just got to do that. Just say, Father, forgive every sin I've ever sinned. You can take the likes of me and make me clean in the blood of Christ. You can do that. See? So let's ask why we don't forgive. Well, there's two reasons why we don't forgive. And these come from the Word of God. The first is when somebody sins against us and we don't forgive them, you know, it's our way of punishing them. It's our way of getting vengeance. Let's say you've been hurt. I think people hurt us mostly with their tongue. People say this, I- I'm only saying this to you because I love you. And then they say it. And out of the mouth flies some of the meanest things you can conceive of. You are so wrong. You are so insensitive. If I were your mother, I'd have disowned you a long time ago. Oh, but I'm only saying this because I love you. Don't you just wish, don't you wish they'd be honest and say, I've been thinking about this for so long and I just want to get this off my chest and I'm going to give it to you both barrels? No, they say, I only say this because I love you. Isn't that nonsense? And here's what we do, man. We punish people with our unforgiveness. We do. Because if there's somebody who really cares about that relationship with you, I mean, they really care about that relationship with you, you avoid them. They call you on your cell phone. You see their name and you don't answer it. You answer all the other calls, but not that one. And that bothers them because they want this relationship with you. But you're avoiding them. You're giving them the cold shoulder. And you know it bothers them. And that's your way of getting back. See, that's your way of getting your little pound of flesh. And this is really, folks, a pride issue. And Romans chapter 12, verse 19 speaks to this. The Word of God says, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. Listen now, vengeance is mine. To pay back is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Not you. I will repay, says the Lord. Then it goes on to say, if your enemy, the person who hurt you, is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, what? Give him something to drink. In so doing, you're going to heap burning coals on his head. That was an Egyptian practice. Now look at this, verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We talked about kingdom saints. Kingdom saints are bound for heaven, man. They never react in kind. Do not, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's the first reason that we withhold our forgiveness, because we want to punish people. It's our way of punishing people. Secondly, here's the second reason. We hold on to our hurts. See, it, it, it's, it's tough to let go. It's really tough to let go. I call this message, don't hold on. And I, I look at this second reason in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, I'm reading in verse 3. Jesus says, he says it to his disciples, if your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Now listen to this. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent. You forgive him. He's talking to his disciples. Now look at verse 5, what the apostle said. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And I'd say the same thing. If my Lord said to me, this person sins against you seven times a day or keeps sinning against you and sinning against you and you keep forgiving, I'd say, Lord, increase my faith too. I'd almost like to give you specifics about people whose husbands and wives have carried on sexual affairs and, and they're devastated. And some of you here know what that's like. 
I mean, you committed to this person for life, you sacrificed for them, you shared the best of life with them, and you put up with all their junk too. And they do this to you. You remember Matthew 18, 21, when your brother sins against you. Go tell him his fault between you and him. I mean, it's so personal. It's so personal. I mean, there's books with stories about moms and dads who faced the person who killed their child. And they forgave him. What I'm saying is sometimes it's so tough to forgive people. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you've got to write the message here. You've got to write the message. I mean, sometimes it is so tough to forgive people. When you have been so deeply hurt, way down in here, and that hurt and anger is just swirling around in your soul, then we have to say with Simon Peter and the other apostles, we have to say, Lord, increase our faith. I mean, it is tough. It is tough to forgive. And that's one reason we don't. And one of the best things I've ever read on forgiveness is, is this, by a guy named Dr. Ralph Werner. I just have to read you this. I mean, this makes all the sense in the world. You've got to hear this. Christian guy, when we forgive, we choose to give up our grudge despite the severity of the injury received. We're not pretending it didn't hurt. We're not pretending it didn't matter. We're simply forgiving what has been done. Forgiveness is an act of the will. It is a clear and deliberate choice. This doesn't mean we feel any better about what happened. Does that make sense? Nor does it mean the damage wasn't real. Forgiveness means, now here it comes, we've chosen to what? Release the offender from what he owes. Now, once we've done this, the healing process is free to begin. Sometimes forgiveness brings instant release most of the time, not. <laughs> At other times, now here it comes. This is the most important part. It takes time for our emotions to catch up with the action our will has taken. It takes time for your emotions to catch up with the godly decision you made to forgive. Emotions will one day catch up with your decision to forgive, and that may not come till much later. You forgive somebody and don't expect your emotions to be where your decision to forgive is. That will come later, but you forgive them. Now, here's what enables us. How can you do that? I'm back to Matthew chapter 18. And, and I want to read this one more time in Matthew 18, verse 27. Or verse 26. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me. He begged, and I'll pay back everything. And the servant's master took pity on him. He canceled the debt and let him go. I mean, 10,000 talents was an impossible debt. And folks, you have to think like that. That's how you have to think. He, he, he just let him go from this impossible debt, or you might say this huge hurt, he let him go. Forgiveness begins in the mind, folks. It, 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 you got to think this. you got to think the Word of God. you got to think the Word of God. Whether somebody at work lied about you, and you got fired for it because of their lie, and that's a true story. Now, remember the guy spent over a year in arbitration, still lost the job, and that was a big thing, or maybe it's a real little thing. Maybe it's a real little thing. Whatever it is, whatever it is, please get this. God who is holy forgives the enormous. That's what this whole parable is about. God who is holy. Every sin, little white lies are such an offense against him, you've broken the whole law. Remember what the white lie. God who is holy forgives that enormous debt of my sin, 10,000 talents. How can I, someone blackened with sin, made white with the blood of Christ, how can I not forgive when God forgives that in me? Please think like that.
Not to forgive is like that ungrateful, forgiven servant who found somebody who owed him, went out, grabbed him by the throat, he choked him, shook him, and said, pay what you owe. Yeah, we don't want to be that. Folks, we don't want to be that. You don't want to be that. You've got to look at the enormous debt God's forgiven in you. Here's some thoughts from God's word on forgiving people. If there is a breach between people, and you're a believer, you're a Christian, you need to initiate healing. Healing does not begin with the other person. You're waiting for the other person to come to you, see? I'm going to read Matthew 5. This is verse 23. Just listen to this, because I'm right there. Therefore, if you have an offer, th therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. So it's saying if you're a Jewish person, you're in the temple or the synagogue, and you're offering a gift, and it comes to mind, uh-oh, I got this thing between me and this person. Then Jesus says, leave it right there and go and make that situation right. For us, it would mean you could be here in church, man. You're singing God's praises, and you remember. It enters your mind, man. Somebody has something against you. Now, here's the big deal about this. It may not be your fault. It may be all their fault, see? But you, this is what Jesus said, it comes to your mind. You remember, there's this breach in this relationship. You're in church. You're singing God's praises, man. And you remember, oh, I got this problem with this person. Jesus says, and it, 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 it's all their fault. Jesus says, Jesus says, you be the first to go and say, what did I do to offend you? What did I say? Let's work this out. Again, even if it's their fault, but they perceive it's your fault. See what they need. You need it too, is closure. I mean, give them closure. If it's not your fault, you apologize anyway. Pledge to them. I'm really going to be aware of not doing it again, even if you didn't do it. You say that, see? That's humility, man. That's swallowing your pride. And you settle this thing, and you take all the initiative. The initiative is with you. Think About It is sponsored by Real Life Christian Church. Real Life Christian Church meets in Endeavor Middle School, 22505 26 Mile Road, just west of North Avenue in Ray, Michigan. Sunday service starts at 10 a.m. Visit us on the web at rlcc.us. Never miss a single message from Pastor Rasper. Just go to faithtalk1500.com and download the Real Life Podcast. And until next week, may God's Word do a work in you. Real Life Christian Church. Get real.